0: This
1: is The Galway Podcast. How's it going? I was playing uh, in the crane tonight, Thursday night. Strange night for me. And um, there's a guy there, Michael. He's from Dublin. He says he played with you about four years ago. Was at Taylor's Bar? He said he was your drummer. He's a nice chap. Yeah, Thursday night. Um, it was Greg Cotter's night, so it was nice to play with him again. He's great. How's the form anyway? Are you teaching away? Getting ready for a big end-of-the-year show. Can you speak Korean
2: yet? Class. Well, bye. How are you? It's... Uh late getting back to you all's going well man yeah sun shining and soul is getting good but uh yeah it's that time of year so it, we're doing a musical and um anyway running that and um it's a bit stressful uh the usual usual crack but anyway that'll all be over we'll do two shows this week and that will be the end of that how are you getting on with the subbing um are you getting much of it? I'm doing a
1: wee bit. Um, I'm not doing that much, to be honest. I'm doing more podcasting. It's weird. It's weird, uh, serendipitous um, encounters one has. Um, uh, Jerry Mulholland died last week. He's he's a, apparently a famous guy in in, um, in Galway. He was a musician, real character. He had his open casket event last Saturday, and he's having a burial now. I'm just picking up my clothes now for that. So, um... Anyway, you might have known him. Somebody said to me on this Friday night, she was, um, you're doing a podcast, you need to get there, that's going to be the biggest event of Galway this year. And I went along, and Jesus, I got a huge amount of um, conversations from the likes of Greg Cotter, and, and um, I was just inundated. I got about 20 memories of him on all weird stuff, you know. So I'm going there today, and... Um, yeah it's weird i i he had a twin sister i hugged her at the end and then afterwards i just burst out i burst into tears after, just after i let go of her and then she's like oh, what's going on <laughs> You all right so it's like sorry and it's my mother you know and i didn't um i didn't realize that this is my first funeral experience since my mother and um i, I felt her pain and if you know it just sort of burst out of me you know and um I was very apologetic because uh, it wasn't my gig, you know. And um, and uh, she said, No, it's fine, you know. <laughs> she was comforting me, I was like, Oh, so, so ashamed of myself. Um, anyway, it was lovely, it was really nice. So, um, anyway, I'm gonna go there today. I think there might be more recordings, I might be doing two episodes on this guy. He was um, a real character, yeah. I'll send you a link, obviously.
2: Oh, uh, Jerry Mulholland, man, what a character. Oh, that's very sad, that's very sad. You know, that guy was a- arrested in Tibet. I have a story about him. So I was busking one day in Galway, I didn't know anybody, I was just back from China, um, maybe 2009 or 10 or something. And I made, a, I made the price of a few pints and I went into Nocton's and Jerry Mulholland I didn't know him. He came in and he just sat and he played the piano and he's a beautiful uh, keyboard player, piano player. He played jazz numbers. And then he sat down beside me and we didn't talk, but he took out a notepad and he started sketching and he was sketching, um, I don't know, you probably wouldn't remember cause it was from, from the north, but it, it, there was this bank of Ireland cat that used to be part of their logo and the bank of Ireland logo and a cat. And then there's a speech bubble coming out. It was a very intricate little design. And out of the cat's speech bubble was this, he was writ, writ, written in Arabic. And uh, I watched him just create this thing on, on, a, on a wee notepad and uh, just watching along. And then I was like, uh, Is that Arabic? And he says, Hi. I said, what, what's the cat saying? And he just looked at me like I was, like, <laughs> he goes, Meow. <laughs> meow. <laughs> I used to run into him now and again, even the, my second stint in Galway, cause I, after that stint, we, we moved back to Ireland or back to China. There was a bit of space of time where I never met the guy. And then he used to run into him and it turned out he lived in, um, he, he, he told me about my apartment there, the hilltop, uh, hotel it was hilltop house now up on Daly's Fort road it used to be a mad spot apparently and my apartment was the was the pa- the bar and uh, there was mad out sessions of dancing and everything going on in there oh yeah but uh, after i was chatting to him that day in Nocton's after the thing after uh, <laughs> after the meow <clears throat> and then you know, we got chatting about languages and stuff it was like i speak chinese and he <clears throat> i don't know what he was doing in uh, in Tibet, but he got arrested anyway. He got he got lumped into into a prison cell. He says he was tortured. That's right. He says he was tortured. That's very sad. Um, yeah, I'm sure there's stories galore about Jerry.
3: summertime I'm gonna feel alright I'm heading home while the sun shines bright pack my bags and fly away there I'll dream my life away Cause it's okay it's okay you just listen to what I say it's okay it's okay life is fine Round Galway Bay Out I'll go to Gentian Hill Where breezes blow an evening chill To watch the seagulls in the sky Spread their wings while soaring high But it's okay, it's okay, you just listen to what I say It's okay, it's okay, life is fine From Galway Bay summertime, you'll see what you've been looking for.
4: A fish
3: Walk in the morning light. Nature has its thing to say. So have we for Galway Bay. It's okay, it's okay. You just listen to what I say. It's okay, it's okay. Life is fine. Round Galway Bay.
1: What's your name and how do you know Jerry?
5: Hi, my name is Lisa Mulholland, and Jerry, Jerry Almajar, was my uncle.
1: And what's your earliest memory of him?
5: Gosh, one that comes to mind is in the Hilltop Hotel, where my granny and granddad ran Jerry's parents. Him coming into the kitchen, and he was making a musical instrument, um, and he had. I think he had, it was like a trumpet, but he was making something else out of the trumpet with wires and pipes and, uh, yeah, Jerry was just mad into music and, um, yeah, anything to do with music, Jerry, just, that was his main passion in life, yeah.
1: What's your fondest memory of him?
5: My fondest memory of Jerry was when he was working in, um, in Calcutta it was 1994 and I was a student nurse and I went out. My dad was a bit worried that George wasn't safe or what he was up to so dad said, would you go out to Calcutta and just make sure Jerry is safe and okay. So off I went for three weeks out to a place called Puri. He was living in the slums in Calcutta and he was doing great charity work. And oh my God, he just looked after me so well. It was a bit daunting. I was what 22 or 23 at the time. And um, he was doing so much all brilliant charitable work with these little children who were living at the side of the streets in cardboard boxes. And we just had a lovely time. We'd bring them off to this football pitch, playing soccer and giving them like tea and bread and feeding them and, okay. Um, uh, it was just, it was a wonderful experience with Jerry. That was, uh, yeah, that was, it was in my early 20s and he was just so kind and good-natured and, yeah, and he, yeah, he just did great work out there, yeah. Is it coming out? Yeah, it's coming out? funeral is coming out. Okay,
4: okay, well,
1: thank you. Uh, my condolences thanks, to thanks, you. Thanks very sure. much.
4: i right.
3: Find a way to hide the teardrops in my eyes I don't wanna give I don't wanna live I just want to be kept running free Like water through a sieve Don't really care, although it's not fair, when all I do is look at you and ask why I am here.
6: John O'Halloran from Inish Buffin. And I an know Jerry for years and years from just being in the music scene, I suppose, in Galway. My earliest memory of him is uh, he just arrived into the session and started playing music, like, with his guitar or take somebody's guitar and just hold the room to complete silence. Like, that was be my first. And that's going back 30, 40 years, 35 years ago, I suppose. Yeah. What's your fondest memory of him? It's just, it's just. Uh, I suppose, the way he, he could get people's attention, just by taking out the guitar and standing up on a stool or something, that was always, you know, he always, he had great command of a room. That was always, you know, we'd be playing away there, like we'd all but he could just bring the room to a standstill yeah. in, in two seconds, like, yeah. What did you miss, most about him? His character around in the session when he'd just come in, this whole character as music. And his deliverance of music, like and all that. Yeah, I miss all that. Jesus is a big, huge loss to Galway and the musical community. Thank you, John. Yeah. What's
1: your uh, name? John. What's your name? And how do you know <laughs> Jerry?
7: How you doing? My, uh, my name's James, James Lamahan. <laughs> well, how do you know him? Uh, he used to come in with players, uh, Friday night Session, myself, and Annette Rowland, and uh, Connor, oh. and uh, James Devitt. And uh, an odd time he'd come in and he'd sit in Cody's in the corner with his uh, coffee cup beside us. And I know he'd be sort of like itching maybe to sing an old song or something. So, but I was, I was, I was, I'd always go over and say, here, do you want to play a, play a song? And uh, he would be delighted, you know. What's your fondest memory of him? Uh, good question. I mean, I think, to be honest, the last time I'd seen him was about four weeks ago. He came into Cody's on a Friday night. And uh, we're kind of tune and it was a load of Americans there. And he was uh, offered him the guitar, and he got up and he sang "Waltz and Matilda." He had them in the palm of his hand, and the place was in raptures after it, you know. So it was a beautiful, beautiful evening.
1: And don't tell me that he uh, he left before the applause finished.
7: <laughs> he didn't stay much longer after. That's for sure. <laughs> he was out the door.
8: My name is Jerry Joyce but well, I know Jerry from when he was a child a, a kid 14 or 15 he was playing playing with his brothers in the band in the home band the house band in their hotel in uh, Salt Hill the Hilltop um, Ned and uh, uh, Betty I think was uh, his mother's name uh, they ran a hotel and it was the biggest venue packed out summer after summer after summer and then like all good rock bands they had a falling out and they all went their separate ways and Jerry went into, he played with different people but then he he ended up, uh, he never settled with any bunch of musicians but he he played a lot of music downtown in Galway and uh, he was a resident he was resident in in loads of different places playing the piano, uh, including um, uh, I think it's called uh, Molly Bloom's or Finnegan's Wake pub in Paris, where he, he used to entertain the the rugby fans from the the Irish matches, uh, singing in, in French, in French, in English, Irish, and Arabic. So uh, he was a great guy, and. Uh, In recent times I used to just sit and have long coffees with him in Shop Street, and uh, the lovely man, beautiful mind, and and, uh, wrote beautiful lyrics. What's your fondest memory of him? My fondest memory was at the beginning of the Galway Arts Festival. It was a very kind of, it was nearly like a village festival at the time. And I I I think it was Ollie Jennings that organised it. Jerry used to play in the down in the Keys pub on the piano so they organised that they wheeled the piano out of the Keys and up and there's some kind of a platform on it with Jerry sitting behind the piano playing jazz and they wheeled him all the way up Key Street and up onto Shop Street and he, they stopped him in Shop Street where he was surrounded by people and he, he entertained them for about an hour that's my it was brilliant and uh, he entertained and people joined in with instruments and that kind of thing, you know. But he was the main, the main act, you know. But just to see him being brought up, and the uh, only every time I saw it was in a, a pianist in Berlin, uh, champion Jack Dupree. He, they, they used to wheel him out, and he playing the piano and uh, and playing the blues at the same time as the like being wheeled. Yeah.
1: So he he's been or is he, he's walking alongside it, does he? No, no, no. He's platform. the stool's on the platform too then. Huh? The stool is on a platform also. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. So the whole thing is <laughs> yeah, the whole yeah. thing
8: is the one. So that's it, that's some of my memories of Jerry, you know. But there's loads, there's loads, you know. Um he he was part of downtown Galway, but he travelled a lot as well. And of course he, he was a he was a great friend of the Palestinian movement and uh,
9: and oh, because God. of that he well, learned Arabic. The, uh, sliding Rock and, yeah, yeah probably okay. yeah. Can, can I grab you I'll, yeah quick my, my fondest, quick my, one my, my, I'm Carl Johnson my fondest <laughs> memory of Jerry is just meeting up to town and I just go. used to live in town I used to walk around town every day and he'd say to me where are you off I ice I'm just going for a walk I'll go with you and we'd just walk in silence enjoying each other's presence that was it and we'd just smile at each other and let, I might turn around and say is it true you wrote Green and Red of Mayo and he'd just go Big beam and smile, yeah. And that was it. We just in silence enjoying each other's company. That was it. What do you miss most about him? Oh, I miss his lovely poetry and his, his songs. He came into the pub, you know, and just... He's a great way with lyrics. He's a great way with lyrics, and you know. Of course. Yeah. No. He just... I, li, he li, I can't remember the, the, the words, but all I remember is the refrain from a cloud, from a cloud, it came from a cloud. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, someone's walked into the pub in,
8: in, in Paris and they, they heard Jerry singing in, in three or four languages, it was like yeah. the Bible. Yeah. Uh, but he was making up the lyrics, satirical lyrics about, about society in, in Paris as it came into his head. Yeah. He just started them out in French. Yeah. It's a very amused mm. French crowd. It's it
9: amazing. He's he at the height of his powers then. Yeah. He'd, he'd say to me, "Have you got your harmonicas?" And I goes, "Yeah, I have them here." He goes, Come on, we're going to Knocklands and sit down and play a piano. He used to love carolyn tunes, you know. And mm. then he'd get paid. Jimmy would pay him, and he'd give me, he'd give me a, few, a share of the money, you know. And he was really, he was really happy about that, you know, that, that he yeah, could, he, he, that he could do that. Yeah. He had no concept
8: of money as well. No. That and the slightest. No. I'd say if he had a, he could have had a number one hit if, if mm. he was more organised, mm. or if someone organised him. Mm. But he had no interest, absolutely no one. If he had money, he would give it away. That's right, he would, yeah.
1: I, I was saying to somebody earlier about you know what he could have been, but I
8: realised he was, you know. He, you look was, at, he, he was, he was being himself.
1: I mean, look, look at what today is, uh, yeah. the turnout. The, the, well, he, was,
8: he was very loved, yeah. yeah. One of the few characters left now that there were, there was no differentiation between the street and the pub at the gigs, very often musicians that ended up just hanging around the street and playing a bit to their own, like Johnny Mullins and those kind of, for their own amusement, they had given up on the, the gigs, and because in, in gigs you have to trot out something for the the people who were there at the time, you know and the publican expects his pound of flesh like so but a lot of musicians, they just give up on that, it's not worth the effort and and play for their own enjoyment on the street, and I can I can see that because I, I did that myself for years. So
1: thank you, bus. Thank you.
8: So wh- what brings you to Galway? The crack.
1: What's your name and how do you know Jerry?
10: Yeah, my name is Willie Cavanagh, and I'm from a place called North Tipperary, right? And I suppose my connection, really, to answer the question, actually, Gerard's mum uh, came from Ballingarry, North Tipperary, and uh, all, all her family—they uh, had a, fam- they have a, they have a pub in, in, in a place called Ballingarry, in North Tipperary, about eight miles outside well borough, and it's called it's called the Blue Pot. and it's a kind of a pub. When you win, it's very hard to get out, or you come out, you have no money, so. And he used to come up to Ballingarry on holidays, many, many years ago when we were all young. And I suppose uh, one of the me- great memories I had, of, like we live in the country, and he was, let's say, a sick, uh, city slicker, And he was, he, he, he was smoking cigarettes when we didn't even know how matches were. We didn't even know what a match was, and he was smoking cigarettes. So he brought a whole new kind of life into the small village of Ballingarry, And that was great. And I've known him for many, many years. He went to school in last grade to the Cistercians. I've had moments of glory and thousands of stories of that guy. What's your fondest memory of him? I suppose um, when I come down to Galway, I would meet him, and he would always come over. And he 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 had so much power about him, and his stories. And I remember my birthday, which was many so many years ago. I can't tell you my age, I'm not sixteen and That's for definite. But. He met me and my daughters who they didn't know of him as such. And he met our day and that was that was a memorable day. What do you miss most about him? I miss him, I miss his presence when I come down to Galway, but I won't see that figure and, and I won't hear that sound that music. Because, you know, when we hear music, music is like a photograph sometimes. It, it it brings us back to our time and our age, where we were, what we were doing. And I miss that now. That's beautiful, thank you. Thank you.
11: Okay, my name is Liz Hackett and I've known Jerry since I was... Okay, we used to go to visit my grandmother who lived in uh, Linneby Avenue, which was just down the road from Jerry's, Jerry's house. So when my mom would be in my granny, we'd be out playing with Jerry and you know, the, 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 the people on the streets that would be the first time I met Jerry yeah yeah.
1: what's your fondest memory of him
11: oh my fondest memory of Jerry
4: uh,
11: sorry been walking down the street not long after I came back from New Zealand and Jerry was sitting at roast um, Roots coffee shop we call Roots now I think it was something else at the time and the voice called out Liz Hackett you're back come and have a coffee and that was the fondest memory to be welcomed back like that
1: Liz whenever I told you about what I do here I I was thinking of you whenever you told me that you lived in New Zealand Mm -hmm. and I'm recording this podcast for the likes of you, the likes of me, who's, who have lived overseas. And we need to keep in touch with ourselves back home. That's right. And there's, that's one group of people. Another group of people is the local Galwegians. And I feel that this podcast is reaching both of those very easily.
11: Yeah. Well, I, I totally agree with you because I don't know how many times I sat up and did crying because I wasn't up in the sports ground watching Connacht you know, in the middle of the night. And now I sit up and then watch the All Blacks in the middle of the night because I love the All Blacks as well. You know,
1: Micah's mm-hmm. anyway, yeah. speech is going on next door. Shall we go check it out? Yeah. Okay. yeah. So I sat down and I started writing this song. It just came
4: to me
12: as I was writing this. And I wrote this song, and I, song. And I hope you like Very good. Cool. Right. Thank you. Stay up there.
4: Right
12: your ear Eva Think to the tourists from Bombay, as far away as Milltown, Melbourne. No matter where you had hailed from, the major he had your son. Ah, but I knew him better than most. I knew you real well And today, the man's Galway's toast And his story I have to tell Wind on Delhi's for Along the coast is the way It's okay, it's okay, he'd say Life is fine around Galway Bay. And my heart goes out to Jerry around the Singing away in Acton's Bar. In Ticoli's, the man was a legend. And if you heard him there, your money was well spent. You could hear his piano out on Cross Street. As you made your way to the keys More time, more time I often wished for a pint or two that would please He sang the girl from Hippanina Only now she was from Kilfenora No way, no way in the world was Brother Jerry old to bore you. And my heart goes out to Jerry Singing away in Acton's bar In Ticolis, the man was a legend And if you heard him there Your time was most well spent Ah, the good old days up at the hilltop With his siblings, Billy and Amen. Hers had every road
4: blocked
12: as the crowds danced on every table, and he sang to Mother Teresa from his hedge school out in Calcutta. But today, with his brothers in heaven, Jerry Ramajar, the major, Jerry Malala. As a photon My heart goes out to Jerry and John, singing away in Acton's Park In Chicoli's the man was a legend. And if you heard him there,
4: your money might as
12: well.
13: So Alan Mulholland is my name, and uh, Jerry or Major, uh, is my uncle, my father's brother. What's your earliest memory of him? Well, my earliest memory, I'll tell you what Jerry's earliest memory of me was, because he told me in the hospital where, when, in the last couple of weeks, uh, while he was battling, he, he had a couple of lucid times, moments, when he was sitting out... Of the bed um, and when I walked in one day he said the first time he saw me I was standing up on the in the back kitchen in the hilltop on top of the table I was born in London my parents were over there so I was maybe two years of age and i was standing up in the back kitchen he told me uh, and uh, it was the first time he had seen me so my earliest memories of him or, well, he was just a, an ever-present figure around the hilltop. We grew up in uh, in Salt Hill. The Hilltop Hotel has probably featured many of the time in, in, in your conversations here. But uh, my uncles used to play in the band out there. So I would have uh, grown up, part of my family, listening to them play and uh, sneaking down into the bar every now and again when you're around 13 or 14 to uh, to. to be allowed in and 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 listen to them sing their songs and they were all legends back then and it was fascinating as a as a kid to have all your family your uncles and aunts all playing music and uh, that was there were my earliest spinners
1: tell me something that we won't know
13: about him yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, well something you wouldn't know about him being a, being a nephew of of Jair was 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 a privilege. He was he was a um, he was a character, as people are probably saying to you. But he was a special special man. lehadan arish uh, is an overused term, but this this man was unique. He was special. Um, but in his last couple of weeks over in the hospital, I remember going in with Breda and. Uh, he was a reluctant patient. He didn't. Uh, he didn't want to be uh, to be treated. Uh, he had never been in a hospital before. He got very sick. And Peter uh, said to him, when "He had oxygen tubes." Peter said to him, um, "He said if he hadn't got it in at this stage, he was, he was he was reluctant to put it in. He said if you don't have that tube in, you know what'll happen to you." And he looked her straight in the eye and he says, "I will die." And Peter was kind of. Stunned with that, and and he said, uh, "I have God now, and I'll have God when I die." And he went back to drinking a cup of tea, and and uh, I just I was fascinated by that, that that he had no fear of dying, and he had total faith in 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 the in God above, and I think he led his life like that as well.
1: What's your fondest memory of him?
13: Just in general, his his his, his just his. His, uh, he he could never I don't know if it's a fond memory but, but it's a, a trait of charity he could never be still or happy while there was somebody suffering in the world and he spent his life going from crisis to crisis uh, and he might be up the mountains with the Kurds when Saddam Hussein was persecuting them, and he'd hear that there was something going on in East Timor, so he had to go to East Timor to, to help them, uh, and he'd have to go to China, and he'd have to go to, to wherever, wherever the trouble was. Jared had to sort it out. Um, I'm not sure if he got to the bottom of all the problems around the world, but he definitely tried. And, and, and there, my fondest memories of him is the man who, who couldn't be still while anybody was suffering. Uh, he told me as well while you was in hospital that, you know, I haven't a penny to my name. And, and uh, I, I, I said, I probably do, George, because the man just couldn't uh, have money while others didn't. He gave away everything he had. Uh, he wasn't comfortable having money if there was somebody um, who, who, who was struggling for food or struggling for anything. So um, he was a he was a unique man and, a, and a, the, the, the kindest heart I would I have ever come across. So, but uh, it nearly drove him to distraction, I think, some of the time, because he just couldn't be happy while he had, and others didn't. So they, it, it, I think, you know. If you you want to psychoanalyse it, it it, it nearly uh, tormented him a bit that that there was suffering in the world and and he was comfortable. And so uh, he he led his life like that, trying 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 to solve or prevent as much of it as possible.
1: I was talking to a friend of mine this morning uh, who's in Korea. I met, He's from County Cabin and I met him in uh, China at an open mic night. Mm-hmm. And I told him about uh, me going to Jared's uh, funeral event on Saturday. I was going to the burial today and he went, No way, Jerry Mahon's, no way. And he told me about uh, he was in Nocton's, um, my friend was, and Jerry came in and played the piano. And then he sat down beside my friend. And started drawing on his pads, hmm. and he drew a cat, and then he uh, wrote in Arabic, and the cat had a speech bubble. And my friend said to Jared, "What's the cat saying?" And Jared looked at him and went, "Meow." <laughs> <laughs> so then, my friend. Uh, and him started chatting because they do. And uh, he, so my friend had connections in China, obviously. And Jared started told me he was arrested in Tibet, yeah. uh, in China. Yeah. Yeah. You, I, but he didn't know the reason. Do you know the reason why he was arrested in China?
13: He, he used to tell us that there was. Oh, what was that? Mr. And Mr. Uh, was chasing him. And, and he had this, he was kind of like the the Chinese KGB or something that he had this guy uh, following him around and trying to get him uh, in China. So, um, I don't know why he was arrested. He, he, he wasn't just arrested in Tibet now. Uh, so, so he, was, he, he spent a lot of time in, uh, in a lot of uh, confinements all over the world, but but never... And, and uh, never for anything criminal, or you know, he would be um, he would be just agitating against the authority and what he would have considered like unjust authority in these places. But, uh, <laughs> but the cat saying meow is exactly <laughs> is exactly what what Gerard, uh, his sense of humour. Uh, you know, he, he 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 was a deep thinker. But he knew not to take himself too seriously as well, and if he felt that you were kind of uh, getting bogged down along a, I don't know, a, a philosophical train of thought, he'd bring you back exactly what the cat says meow, and he, 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 he was he was a great lyricist, mm. particularly when he was younger, and um, and and he would recite songs and poetry off the cuff, uh, and uh, and and there's some great examples of, of his. Of his poetry, and uh, Ali Jennings sent me one only only recently there, where uh, he thought he had he had written the, the the next global hit for the Saw Doctors. So I have it on my phone, so I might share it with you, Karma uh, Anyway, to, be to, to to play bits of it. Tell me,
1: this seems like a dumb and uh, somewhat uh, insensitive question, but I've been asking this of many people. So, what will you miss most about him?
13: Yeah, I'll. I'll uh, what will I miss about him? I'll miss. I'll miss look we we have we have a family uh, like our family now my my father passed away in october and and um, of probably all the family members uh Gerard took that very hard and i have no doubt that that uh, dad passing away had had a contribution to jurd not being well lately as well so so what i'll miss is Christmas and and uh, birthdays and weddings and stuff where where Gerard um, would have you know he he'd be the first one up to to play the piano first one up to make up a song about whoever we were we were remembering and um, not too sure how we're gonna handle that going forward as they say
4: mm-hmm.
1: my sincere condolences to you sir
13: thanks very much cheers. <laughs>
0: a loved one that's passed on. Perhaps you miss their voice or their mannerisms. Perhaps you've questions that remain unanswered. Don't let that happen to your children or grandchildren. At Salt Hill Media we can record your life story or that of a loved one for future generations. So when someone asks, hey what was granny like or what was grandad like, you can point them to an interview and say, you tell me. We can tailor an interview to be as long or as short as you want it to be, all with professional recording equipment and post-production. You may think that your life is not worth documenting. Well, not according to your children or grandchildren. Record that life story before it's too late. Email Media at gmail.com or go to salthillmedia.com for more information. This is... The
14: Galway Podcast My name is Paul Mulholland and Ger is my uncle What's your earliest memory of him? I wouldn't remember it but Ger will tell me uh, wheeling me around Hyde Park when I was a year old in London around 1970 and uh, he loved he loved taking me out in the buggy for some reason
1: <laughs> What's your fondest memory of him?
14: I've many Jeannie, many of them Tell um, me a few Fondest memory, Jared coming home from America, one of my earliest anyway, and arriving off the plane in Shannon with a guitar. And my dad and my grandmother went down to collect them. I think we stopped off at Moran's on the way back and had something to eat there. And I got the present of one of those little projector camera things with the little pictures in it. My granny bought me that down in Shannon airport. That's my one of my earliest memories, fondest memories of Jared coming back america i think he was in cape cod at the time so that'll give you an indication of what age i was i think i was around six or seven at the time what about more recently yeah, a more recent fun memory uh well i used to see Jerry every week like in town i'd stop and he'd be having a coffee outside lavatsa cafe they opposite there opposite anthony ryan's and we'd just stop and we'd chat usually about music sometimes about dogs or, or paintings i'm doing or you know general stuff it was always good stuff talking to jerry Tell us something that we won't know thats
1: <laughs> something we don't know about the man that do you think was worth sharing
14: um, he had strong political convictions you know, especially it's probably been said already about injustices and uh, you know especially around prejudice he always had a very strong thing against any sort of prejudice against any people he didn't like to speak negative about people he was a very positive spiritual man, which a lot of people have already said today. Um, he, there literally wasn't a bad drop of blood in his body. I don't think he was capable of being nasty, if that's any way possible with the human condition, do you know? But uh, he was quite a unique human being, from what I know and remember of, Jer. What'll you miss most about him? Everything, he's, you certainly miss him in family get-togethers. He would always roll in, and the piano or the guitar be there. Party would always pick up when Jerry was around. Always, Um, he never. There was never a dull moment with him around. He was was the life and soul, and he didn't look for kudos or there was never ego or anything like that. There, it just it flew, it it flowed through his veins. He was always musical. He probably had a lot to do with me getting interested in music. Things like that. I don't know if I'm making sense. I? No, no, you're making sense. Where can people find your music? Oh, I don't make music at all. I just buy records and I, I did a little bit once, but my son now will be very much into the guitar, Sean. Um, no, he, I just had a huge capacity for loving music and Jerry was always trying to teach me instruments as, as a teenager and even younger. He was a great man for picking up new things and learning new things. He always, he never stopped challenging himself with music. Most certainly, and other areas of his life, like writing and stuff, he was—he was very, very creative and very artistic. Um, I remember, what are you listening to lately? He says to me. I said, I'm listening to soul. I'm listening to blues and a lot of 60s music. Oh, that's great, he said. Better than that awful Adam and the Ants you were listening to last time I spoke to. Him. <laughs> and I, he says, show me some. I, so I put Sam and Dave on the Walkman very very expressive I like that you can feel it in the music that's good and who I said this is the beat they're good musicians you can hear it that, that song and uh, Andy Williamson that song Can't Get Used To Losing You and we had a great rapport around music I could always talk to him about stuff and, I, and even up to quite recently I'd send him songs I said this is Terry Callier Dancing Girl you're going to love this it's very acoustic and it's again a very spiritual song he could appreciate things like that yeah, I, look, I I felt I bonded with him from a very young age, and in, in, in and around the, a lot of things, but uh, music and doing the right thing were a big part of Jar's persona, really. Do you know, he he always had that there. That was always there. There, there was never a time in the day that it wasn't present. You know.
1: Thank you, my sincere condolences to you, sir.
14: Oh, thank you very much. postscript. Uh, I'm Paul Mulholland, Jerry's nephew, and I was just thinking as, you, as, I, was, as I was giving the interview there was one incident I, I'll never forget. Um, I remember one time com- I was going to New York, it was actually 1999, it was uh, March, and we were landing in Kennedy Airport and there was a man beside me, I never saw him before in my life, and he went very pale as the plane turned to land, he said he wasn't good at flying he was clenching onto the side of the chair and I said, are you okay? And we got talking. He told me his name was Dennis Gunning and he came from Ross Grey. He asked me who I was, I said my name. He said, do you know Jarrah Raymond Mulholland? I said, they're my uncles. Oh, he says, I went to school with the two of them. He said, next time you see them, will you please tell them? I said, hello, my name is Dennis Gunning so I did say it to them I said oh yeah we remember him well that was a long time back now that was in the 60s that he'd have been in college or in school with them but, uh, but no matter where I went in the world I always seem to find people that know Jer it's, it's, a, it's really funny you know um, and, and it's funny how these things present themselves like that I was t- I was talking to my
1: friend earlier yeah. in Korea and he said exactly the same thing that uh, he knew and yeah. he's from he's from Cav- uh, Cavan and he uh, yeah He's from Cavan. I told him that I was going to this a funeral today of uh, Jerry McHill. I went, no way, no way. I know this guy from, from China. Yes. And I, I met him in China by some Calvin, and he's now living in South Korea. So he's talking to me about, about uh, Jared, you What's know.
14: in Tibet up in the Himalayas? He's well known. Well, Jared started <laughs> telling him about, about him being arrested in Tibet, and yeah, he's like, "Oh, jeez. <laughs> and there's probably if there's any if there's life on Mars, they'll know him up there too. But uh, no, um, what was it called? Yeah, one thing that's really taken me over the last few days is people that I know from different areas in life who actually knew Jared as well, and they made the connection since he passed away that I was actually his nephew. They said, "I never knew he was your nephew." That uh, he. There's a Bulgarian girl I know, her name is Vanya, and she does a lot of paintings and stuff, and uh, she said, I can't believe he's your uncle. She said, uh, he, he was the first person in Galway to greet me in my native language. You know, So, and that's another thing he was very good at, was reaching out to people, no matter where in earth they came from, literally.
4: Mm-hmm. He'd
14: get to know how to say hello in Argentina or <laughs> whatever, you know, wow. and, do, and he'd have the way of saying it. He, it was very important to him that he gets those things right with people, and he was, he was a gentleman, you know.
15: Uh, Pat Gillespie. Uh, I know, I know Jerry for uh, since the 1970s. Yeah, I came to him in Galway and I'm not sure how I met him, but uh, we had a house in Oakland, a Gang of us, maybe ten or twelve. Jerry was just living up the road on the hilltop, you know. So he used to come along at times. So I know him. I know him since then. I, knew, I, I used to meet him practically every day recently, you know.
1: What's your fondest memory of him?
15: Yeah, it's hard to know. Um, I think the Tokyo skyline is the thing I just, just. I, I listen to that quite often. You know the song. Yeah. Ah no, I don't think you could pick out any. Like they were all great hits. <laughs> well, sure, sure. Tell, No, no, no. I tell you, I tell you, the green, and red, and mayo. Uh, yeah. Uh, Mayo won the national League in 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 April, you know, And you know when Mayor and Pro Park even if Mayo won, they would always say the green and red and Mayo, you know, so I used to say to Jerry, I said, your song is on the telly, you know. So I was delighted in April. Um, I think I watched the match down the front door and he was he was sitting outside uh, just across from Taps the coffee shop. And I, 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 uh, I went up and I said, Jerry, your song is on the telly now. And he was delighted because he used to be delighted because it was, it, he was really proud of that song, you know. And uh, fair play, it's a, great, it's a great tribute to him. He was, he was brilliant. I, I met him the day at uh, uh, Desi O'Halloran's funeral. Uh, Desi, Desi was from Minish and his funeral was from Keneally's because Desi, li- Desi Desi must have been um, Breeder's neighbour because Desi lived somewhere down Raleigh Row when he was in Galway just back from the crane but anyway Jerry said are you going down to the funeral? And I said I am and he said come in a minute I go down with you he sat down in Nocton's and he wrote a poem about 10 minutes and anyway he said come on because you know Jerry said come on um, so he went down and he um, just asked to say his poem, said it, It was just, he, was, he it was just magic. He could do stuff like that, you know, and his lyrical, his lyrical ability was brilliant, wasn't it? In the is Krogyan Mokri. He
16: filled my heart full of glee. There is a vacant spot at the corner of the bar to get to the crane He didn't go far. The approval has been given by the critical team to raise the rafters, though it may seem, without Desi, there's something amiss, a smile, a song, a sweetheart's kiss. Desmond Achara, Nilach Grá Graagamvich, and nothing but love for the way you would switch from ballad to jig, from reel and to air. Say you love me, and I will be there. <coughs> if Casey Daly went curtained at all, it would be to your kitchen, fiddle and all. Flawna Walia, farewell or goodbye. We will meet again when my day is nigh. <speaking in Spanish> <speaking in Spanish> <speaking in Spanish>
15: another thing I'll say is and uh, it's been mentioned quite often but like he, the idea he came up with with the hedge school in Calcutta is just amazing you know uh, to talk more about that obviously he was out in India one time and just saw what was happening with the street kids you know so, so he decided to to do something about it and as far as I can recollect um the hedge school international the idea was that um If they went to school, they were allowed to play football. (laughs) And um, a lot of people, there was a a really big fundraiser in the Salt Hill Hotel back then. God, was that, must be 30 years ago. Yeah, but it just shows his humanitarian side. Um, Yeah, he had a great, he had great generosity.
1: What'll you miss most about him?
15: When he, when he said to me, would you like a coffee? That's it. Why? Oh, it's just the way he said it. Would you like a coffee? You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I used to meet him most days. You know the way they're, like Galway now, is Cafe Central, you know? Mm. So you could be outside any coffee shop, usually outside the routes there across from Taps. And we'd have a chat, and we mightn't have a chat, but but I just like the way he said, "Would you like a coffee?" Mm. Yeah, that. So probably that's it. Mm. Sure, I miss him today. Mm. <laughs> you know.
1: <laughs> well, thank you for your time. No, I really appreciate
15: no, no, it. I know, no, no, it's um, there's too many falling off the the earth, the edge of the, <laughs> the edge of the the orb, yeah. Anyway. I don't think he'll have any problem where he is.
1: Thank you. Good man.
15: Whether it be Anna, Baha'i or Jesus Christ or whoever, They'll
1: be keeping him busy.
15: Entertaining him. They'll be entertaining him. Yeah, I'm sure he has a song written already.
3: An Irish cheer as we jump on a rickshaw Head for New Market Square Standing on a rickshaw I said, hey, that's how bridge there Talking to the driver As we brave the monsoon rain God, the great provider Has eased away the, the pain Up on a rickshaw Head for New Market Square Standing on a rickshaw I said, that's how a bridge lay, talking to the guy As we brave the monsoon rain, God the great provider has eased away the pain. Upon a rickshaw, upon a rickshaw.
1: What's your name, and how do you know Jared?
17: Okay, my na- that's easy. My name is Marion, and George is my brother.
1: What's your earliest memory of George?
17: I remember living in number forty Ardnamara, and there was new houses being built next door, and we were warned not to go into the building site. You know, Gerard had gotten a toy from Santee, a red car, I remember, and he threw it over into the building site, and of course lo and behold, he had to go in and get it. So he jumped the wall, as he, he was well known for jumping walls, and he went in, and he got given out, I'll never forget it, I was about three at the time, that's my earliest memory.
1: He was a man who liked to brush down the boundaries a bit.
17: A little bit, wasn't, he wasn't the worst.
1: No, 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 I mean not in a flattering way, I mean not in a in a humanitarian way. Oh, stop.
17: You, you couldn't get better than Jared He never said a bad word about anybody in the world. Didn't matter who they were.
1: Do you want to share a fond memory with him? Well,
17: my biggest moments with Jared were two summers. I spent with him in Cape Cod, in Hyannis. And the two of us worked in a pub called the Parting Glass Irish Pub. And just, I spent two wonderful summers with him. He played music, short, I sang. We had a great time. It wasn't like working.
1: Tell us something about him that none of us know.
17: None of you know. Oh, no, gosh. That's a tricky one. That's a tricky one. He was, there was very very few secrets, you know. He always uh, let everyone in on the... And what he was doing and all that. Um, okay, we were living in Glasgow, and one day, a knock on the door, oh yeah, it was Gerard, you know? Just out of the blue? Just out of the blue, like, you know? Yeah.
1: What are you proudest of him for?
17: His humanitarianism. Yeah, and his beliefs, you know, even though he wasn't a Catholic, he believed in God with venom, you know. Yeah.
1: Marian, I've been asking everybody this, and I'm, I'm sorry that I'm asking this, but what did you miss most about him?
17: His music. his has to be his music. And his songwriting, his poetry. You know? He wasn't afraid to pick up the phone and ring anyone either if he wanted something. He was down in our house one day and he was ringing the president of Ireland. He was saying, Bawa, lom, canch, you know, needless to say, he didn't get through to, through to him. But the president lived, did leave a condolence message on RIP.ie. Yeah,
3: yeah
17: the, we, we had a hotel in Galway and yeah. and when we were younger, I was maybe eighteen or nineteen, and President Higgins, he then frequen- frequented our hotel to hear the music from Gerry. My brother Billy, who has passed away, and Eamon over there, and John, who has passed away
4: also.
1: That hotel in Daly's Fort Road, I told my friend uh, in Korea, a guy I met from County Cavan, I met him in China, and I said, uh, I'm uh, going to a a burial today of General Holland. He went, No way! I lived in the basement of his hotel, and Jared told me all about it. Do you
17: know what we used to call that? We used to call that the dungeon. (laughs)
1: <laughs> he lived in the dungeon.
17: <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, what was his name?
1: Uh, Sean O' Sean uh, McKiernan.
18: Like
17: yeah. like uh, no, I don't venue. remember him. I don't. Remember. No, no, he oh, lived there. It's after. it's after. It was. It was, uh, it
1: was uh, about fourteen years ago. Oh, yes. oh, he, oh the,
17: it's beautiful now compared to back then. Oh. The dungeon.
1: Oh. <laughs> Marion, my condolences to you.
4: Thank you. Thank
1: you very much. With deepest sympathy to Jerry's sisters, brother and extended family and the many, many people who will remember him as having a heart that knew no borders. Jerry gave not only music to us, but an example of care for those among us who were broken and in need. This care he gave at home and abroad and his spirit will remain with us all and most particularly with those whom he helped. President Michael D. Higgins, Sabina Coyne Higgins and family. Aras and Oechthoran. My name is Brendan
19: Linus. I married to Gerard's sister, so I'm his brother-in-law. What's your earliest memory of Jared? What year was that when I came to go?
17: 1978.
19: In 1978, I, I stayed in the Hilltop, his mother's hotel. And I met Jared then. And uh, he used my room a couple of times. I'll put it that way <laughs> I know, I know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, What's your fondest memory of him? I, I Music <laughs> Music
19: That'd be it yeah.
1: you, you, you said something off, off the mic uh, a second ago about Scotland Yeah, we were living
19: in Scotland and the doorbell rang one morning and I went out to answer the door and who was only Jared at the door and uh, so I brought him into Airdrie, where, where we lived at the time. And I got him to sign on the dole and got his dole money and everything. So he was getting paid every week over there. And he never did a day's work his life over there. <laughs> How long did he live there?
17: Uh, years, about it? a year, I'd say, yeah. Yeah, around
19: a year. And Jennifer was with him, the doctor, His girlfriend. She turned up as well for a while there, so... That my dad my kind of fond his memories to Jared what'll you miss most about him banging on my window in the middle of the night look at look for his dinner
20: <laughs> uh, my name is Coley Coley O'Flaherty of and <laughs> He used to come into our pub in, in Galway and sing a series of songs and do what he does best, entertain the people. And uh, my first memory of Jerry when he came in was he came in one day and he had his own guitar, you know. So he was he started coming in so often, he asked me to buy a guitar from him, you know, that he could just go downstairs and get it, and, and which I did. And then I called him one day on the street and I said, Jerry, I have a guitar here, and all went up in poles. So <laughs> he gets the guitar anyway. And he gets the guitar and he starts tuning it up. And then he was playing it and then he just stood up and gave me a back. Get another one. (laughs) It wasn't good enough. Get another one. And he just walked out, you know. (laughs) And did you? Oh, I did, yeah. Oh, 100%. I went up and I got an upgrade. Uh, I didn't know much about it myself. So I said, and which I did, I kind of he's the man, you know, and I probably bought the cheapest one, you see, you know, and <laughs> so it was, it was, a, I was, as everyone knows himself, and uh, Matt Cain and Johnny Mullins, you know, they were regular, regular uh, artists in the pub who come back, and to this, this day, until Jerry passed away, you know, he was a few weeks ago there, and he's all psychic Johnny Mullins passed away when did Johnny It's a few a couple of years ago it a couple of years ago now and um, he really missed him you know because they were they were kind of uh, they used to hit off each other big time you know but, uh, but Jerry was Jerry could come in he could come into the pub and he'd he'd stand up on the bench and he'd take the guitar and I'm not just saying it lightly now but the, he'd silence the whole pub with his music his, yeah. and the talent he had, and his. Anyone come in the door then? He had a little poem about them coming in the door. He was, he was just a genius, uh, to be honest. Know. But, uh, and he was a genius, you know. He was a. And he was a great character as well, you know. Do you feel you knew the man? No. No, I don't think you could. I knew him to a pint. I knew him through him coming in the door of the pub. And I've been meeting him on the street, but I never really knew him, knew him, knew him, you know, that kind of a... But I think he had a, he had a great old heart, he had a great uh, mad into the poetry, uh, probably mad into me all, <laughs> mm. in a way. Mm. As I saw by the Griffiths right there when mm. the, that poem was read. Mm. you know, but he'd been missed solely by everyone. What are you going to miss most about him? Just him being around, and just no Qatar, no Jerry, no no life. You know, Galway's a sadder place now because he's gone. You know, uh, all the all the people that really matter to Galway seem to be passing away. You know, which is which is sad. You know, so hopefully maybe someone else will come and up take his place. You know, but they have big shoes to fill. You know, absolutely. Do you want to share a memory? She, she, you do, Jerry, very well. Do you want to share a memory?
21: I couldn't say I knew him very well. I just loved meeting him. I always stopped to have a few words it. And I'm from Mayo myself, so we had that connection. So he was always uh, talking about the Sam and singing. Any poem he wrote, May will seem to be in it, and obviously the, the green and red of Mayo, the big one. Yeah, I particularly thank from during Covid, I found it very sad that time when he, when he missed all the connection, I suppose, from being in the, the different pubs. So I was often, like, worried about him then because, like, he was just sitting in the doorways and just having the roll left on the, the, on the ground, like, so he had really lost his person, I think, that time. Um just decided to watch.
1: What's your fondest memory of him? Um,
21: just singing. Like, the way he got everybody involved. And uh, as Coley said there, when, when people were coming in, he'd be just thrown out... I don't know how you... Just was able to um, talk about people as they came in. It's like as if he knew them. And everybody got a laugh, you know. Uh, I just miss his presence, because he had... He had a fine presence. Is the way I can only describe him. And he had no time for nonsense either. Like I mean, he wouldn't belong to them people to have manners and all that kind of stuff. Yeah.
1: What is your first memory of him? I don't,
21: you, I don't think I have any specific first memory. Um, just always seemed to be there. And of course playing in noctons, playing the piano, brilliant memories. Um, I would have always thought like, and it was said today at the grave that, um, I always found him to be a very spiritual person. That would be one of my, that would be left with me. Yeah.
1: I have to ask you your name because I've got everybody else's name but yours.
21: Okay, I'm Monica. Monica Carter. Thank you, Monica. Thank you. Thank you, cool. Okay. Almira Park.
16: Almira Park. Yee-haw! I'm Johnny June. <laughs> Almira Park. Very last,
4: a burning blood. Should it
3: go moving in? Come on or not, I'll be Albert about.
16: So I done the best I could. i old look ain't been so good. Tomorrow night I'll be Alberta bound. No one I met could ever forget With the Rocky Mountain sunshine. Pleasure just to be Alberta bound. I long to see my next kin, see what kind
3: of shape they're in. Tomorrow night I'll be Albert about. Woohoo! How Park,
16: apart. Park, mile apart. apart. Left me all too <laughs> All in the dark. Woo hoo! Hell mile apart.
4: Hell mile apart.
16: How mile apart.
4: Palmele apart.
16: It left me too All in the dark. And really roll.
4: Woo-hoo.
16: So now we're all together. Away we will go. This lovely summer weather and old rally roll. Hey, hello, <laughs> here beside me. What more can I do? The children are excited and so are you. Elmira Park.
4: Elmira Park.
16: Palmyra Park. Elmira Park. Park. You left me
3: all in the dark.
4: Elmira Park. Palmeira
16: well, All right. I want to see. My heart. And, uh, That's great. great
4: Gerard to you Major.
16: Social distance. Yeah. Don't gather a crowd. Yeah. Wear a mask. Yeah. That's the condition. Yes. Good manager. Well, yeah. See you, Johnny. Come Good on luck on,
12: now. You. Great. Great to hear you and see you. Major, <laughs> will you come back
1: here's a post script from Coley okay Coley just tell us the story there
20: uh, no I was just <laughs> I, I was just saying I remember Jerry came in he went to these, have the picture on the wall you know so uh, of, ca- of himself of himself yeah on your wall in the on, bar yeah on the wall. so he came in and he gave me this picture and I was thinking the one time when, he, when I gave him the guitar he taught me to run with the Guitar. So I said, "I'm not happy with that, Jerry. Bring me back another picture." <laughs> and, he, and he did. And the one that's the one that's on the wall now it was a better picture, genuinely, because this picture I didn't think had done him any justice. Yeah. But the one the one was on the wall now
18: was the one. But I felt good. tandem just go away. Come back with another one. <laughs> good man.
1: That's brilliant,
18: sir. My name is uh, Jerry O'Loughlin, I'm from Clare, but I'm married to Mary McGuinn, who will be Jerry's first cousin. And my. First, by the memories of Jerry was playing in the hilltop and singing and entertaining everybody. But I think I knew him a little bit better as a, as a humanitarian. When Jerry um, had his school in Calcutta, I was involved in coaching with uh, Saltill Devon. And Jerry came home once and he said he finds it very hard to motivate the kids to go to school. So I came up with an idea of sending him over soccer jerseys and some footballs. And it's amazing. He said the kids came to school just to wear the jerseys during the day. And uh, it really, really um, showed, I suppose, his, his eagerness to give kids a chance in education. And uh, from a hum- humanitarian point of view, as well as music, uh, that's my fondest memory of Jared that he would give you the short off his back just to make people happy. You were explaining there about how the school closed. Well, from what I hear about the school closed that he was put under a lot of pressure by the local police who were looking for backhanders because many people in Galway would have sent him over money and that to help run the school and Ger being a true I suppose believer in doing things right refused to pay the I suppose the mafia money to to the the police and uh, they put him under a lot of pressure and eventually he had to close the school down which is an awful shame because he was doing such great work. What's your fondest memory uh, with him? Well, my fondest memory was every Christmas in the Hilltop. When the kids were small, they used to have a competition. And uh, I w- because I was an outsider in the Mulholland's, I was seen as neutral. So I was the judge for the talent competition for all the kids. And I can tell you this: every one of those Mulholland kids were talented. But because it was from Clare, Jerry's last song most nights when he played in the hilltop, he says, "Here's a song for my friend from Clare, the girl from Kilnamona." <laughs> so. Every time he saw me, he, well, he, I reminded him of Clare and he reminded me of the girl of Killinamona, which is down in County Clare. What'll you miss most about him? His friendliness. He always had a good word to say about everybody, even when he was down. He still, he exuded this, I suppose, internal happiness that we didn't see, but was always there and uh, he'll be truly missed, not alone as a musician, but as a fantastic character around the city. And he'll never be forgotten, I hope. It'll be a long while before he's forgotten, I'm sure. I, I hope so. As I said, in a ni by le Honorish. Like
2: a
12: My name is Eamon Mulholland, and I'm Carriers' brother. And one of my recent memories of Jarir, Jerry, is that he always he wanted me to call him the Major. He didn't want his brother Eamon, calling him Jerry. He wanted to be called the Major, Jarir Al Majar, pronounced Major. So that's one of the funny memories.
1: What's your earliest memory of him?
12: That's a good question, though, because we were we were. In, we were all reared in uh, Ardnamara, and Jerry was two years younger than I was, and there were two older brothers than me. My youngest, my earliest memory is the piano, and Jerry booting me off the piano because I was beginning to learn the piano, and he wasn't going to miss out. We had I had two brothers already who played the piano, so when Jerry saw me playing the piano. He said, "Let me in there," and he always wanted to jump in. So I let him off, cause he was, the, and I went on drums. So that's so how I finished up on drums. I should be on piano too.
4: What, what's
1: the
12: age difference between you two? The, two years, just two, short of a month, short of two years. And he's the older. Younger, no, no. no. He's younger. Yes, he's, he's. So even
1: though he was telling you to get off, exactly.
12: The that's why. That's what I didn't like about it. I let him off. So, but he was—he was a natural. He was a bit like the man beside us at the moment, Johnny Grant, who played with the the philosopher showman. They were naturals at the time, and you didn't—you didn't block them. I wasn't a natural on the piano. I was always—I was a slow thinker, and I wanted to try and get it right.
1: So tell me how you—what do you mean by he was a natural? Explain that.
12: Well, he had a great ear for music, like his brother Billy. You had a super ear. And you could just start a tune. Like if Johnny said to me, now sing a song there or back me on this one, I'd say, tell me the key I'd have. To. But Jerry would pick you up on a note or two and he'd know your key. Billy could do that too. I couldn't. I asked Billy one time, I said, what's the secret of that? Because I wanted to try and learn it myself. And he said, listen for the first note that they sing and try and get that into your head. Because nine times out of ten, that's the key to real. Yeah. Oh, is, that, is that right, Charlie? There's just been... Yeah. So Jair was very good like that. He'd hear the first note you'd sing and he'd go for it. I'm half deaf, I don't know.
11: <laughs> What's
1: your fondest memory of him?
11: Uh,
12: I just liked everything about the kid, to be honest with you. When he played play music... Uh, normally I'd be jealous of other singers you know or something like that I'd be jealous of Johnny Grant there and no, I singing Gee the Great Boys or, but you get used to that but with, with Major as I call him after with Major you couldn't be jealous he just he was so gifted he'd, he'd, uh, he was fun he was fun and he, he made it sound like fun And he, very independent you know he was really very independent And uh, I remember he stood up for me one time when we were very young in school. I said, I said to him, after tea and bun we run, you know, to get out of school. He said, okay. And I said, fair play to him. He didn't spend too much time thinking about that one either, thinking of the consequences. So we took off, and he, he he didn't he didn't want to let me down either, if you know what I mean. Now we both got into trouble, but.
4: <laughs>
1: Tell me something about him that that none of us know.
4: That none of you know.
12: <laughs> gee, that's a tough one. I really have to think about that one. I don't think he had any secrets, really. You know, I don't think I don't think Jerry a major. Was ever ashamed of anything? You know,
4: he he was.
12: He went through a lot of different faiths when he was young, and anything he did, he he was right. Do you know what I mean? He was all. Sorry, he was always searching. Not like not like me anyway. I'd go to mass for the sake of going to mass. I'd go make holy communion for the sake of going. But major being looking at the Baha'is or looking at the uh, other faiths so he was you know he didn't like bad lang- language you know as most the town knows
4: uh,
12: if, if he thought you were arrogant or anything like that he'd have no time for that kind of stuff he'd move away he wouldn't he wouldn't literally give out to you but he'd move away and maybe that was one of the things that I didn't like about him in ways that he was so hard on himself
16: like for the sake of company he
12: could join you for 10 minutes and you'd be hoping it'd be an hour but somebody had come around and start cursing he'd say good luck I'm try and he'd go and, and you probably wouldn't see him for another week and you'd be saying you'd be, so you get used to it you start saying to the people who are coming out please don't curse because if you do this guy is going to go off yeah. simple kind of things am I making sense
10: to you? you are absolutely
1: it's funny you said search he's uh, always searching he had a dog called search
18: hey,
1: Greg Cotter was telling me this
18: Great. Major uh, yeah, Heavy, oh yeah.
1: But he lost the dog, which was unfortunate. It's ironic. The dog was called Search, and they lost it. he lost it. I didn't
4: know that. Um, I don't know. So
1: tell me this, um, what are you most proud of? Of for you
12: Most proud of? Just you'd be proud of Jerry for anything, really. The way he stood up for himself. You know, I wrote a song myself one time and the second verse was uh, Once I thought that I was smart I wouldn't listen to my heart I'd nod my head and I'd agree with all those things you'd say to me but it was at my own expense pretending not to take offence to the way it was back then I don't lay the blame on any friend and Jerry was never like that Jerry always stood up for what he believed from the beginning. I was trying to make up for where I where I had let myself down. You know, Jerry wouldn't pretend. If you were saying something that he didn't like, he'd tell you. I wouldn't. I'd I'd laugh it off and say, that's okay, or whatever. And then I kind of, from that sort of thing I learned from Jerry, you know, that you you Stand up for yourself. Take the consequence. Maybe don't walk away so
4: often.
1: (laughs) Whenever people ask me what's my favorite song, I always think of what's my favorite song right now at the moment. So I don't think it's fair for me to ask you what's your favorite song of majors of all time. But what's your favorite song of majors right now at the moment?
12: I think Place in My Own, really. That's played this morning at the, at the graveyard, and I think he brushed up on it a little bit. It didn't really sound like the old when it came out first because it was on the flip side of Galway. It's okay, it's okay around Galway Bay, but uh, at the time, it's okay, it's okay around Galway Bay was going to catch the public, you know, but, and especially Saul Till. But A Place of My Own is a super song, it really is, and it would suit anybody. I'll be surprised if people don't hear more of it now and buy it up, if they can.
1: I was just talking a moment ago to uh, Jerry behind us, and he was saying that Willie Clancy's music became very famous after Willie passed.
12: Yes, wouldn't surprise me. He has, yes. He, he had his own style, hadn't he? You know, Streets of Calcutta, those songs, I mean, they all meant something very personal and deep. I mean, it was he really was an amazing individual.
16: What'll
1: you miss most about him?
12: Uh, Mr. Friend. We didn't have to. Sometimes I. Very, with me, Jarir could be very quiet. I'm, and he didn't have to talk, you know, he, he just, uh, you know, I, uh, as I said, he went through so many different fates. He joined the Screamers at one stage, or I think he was more or less just saved from them, you know. Um, he, he was getting involved with them Johnny Donegal, letting out the frustrations and the anger.
21: And... Uh, School,
12: school the music.
16: He, he left
12: our band because of the the organ player was playing, was saying bad language into the into the microphone, and that's when Jerry. Packed in the Mulholland trio. (laughs) I didn't like it. It was hard work for me after that. (laughs) I don't like him for that. Come back. No, good. I thought he'd come back the following day.
1: My sincere condolences to you.
12: Thank you very much. Thank you.
3: With Christ the King We'll
16: never fall We all love Billy Monahan.
3: His soul has gone To
16: paradise Remember then good country Island. As we never ever throw the dice. Oh, everybody sing it. You are
3: the sunshine of my life.
16: That's why I'll always be around. You are the apple of my heart.
3: forever you stay in my heart. So let's not be sad together. Celebration of the soul. In this good old Irish Can all be whole. Everybody sing it one.
4: You You are are the sunshine of my life. That's why I'll always be around.
3: You are the apple. You are the sunshine. You are the sunshine my life.
16: you may not but i've just thought i left my baby in the cot <laughs> No. We're in E-flat. How does E-flat grab you? The key of E-flat. Johnny loves the key of so E-flat. E-flat. The of E-flat. E-flat.
3: E-flat.
4: <laughs> <laughs> what country do? <laughs>
3: what
4: kind
3: of reason I have been a rover. <laughs> I have walked alone. Yep. I've done my I way Never found the hole Still in you know, all I'm happy The reason is you see
16: Once in a while, a
3: long way Life's been good to me there was a girl, in Denver, before the winter chill. We used to go a-courtney, upon October Hill. She'd smile away the dark clouds, kiss away the snow. Like on the as down the road I go, I have been Been a a rover, I have walked alone, I've
4: I've done the highway, never found.
3: Still and I'm happy The reason is you see more is of the water along the waist.
0: a Solitaire Media original podcast and production.